Father, Lord, in the name of your son, Christ Yeshua, we thank you, my God, for this day. We thank you for this day that you have made. We pray, Father God, for the saints that are here, my Lord, that your spirit be upon them, my Lord, for those who are committed, my God, to advancing your kingdom. We pray your spirit be upon them, my God, for those of who desire to abide in the righteousness of your kingdom. We ask that your spirit be with them, my God, that your spirit guide them. We pray for a momentous movement of your spirit, a powerful movement of your glory, my God. We pray that you wash away the sins that are past, my God. Show your great mercy and your great grace for your children, Lord. We pray, my God, for the saints around the world that don't have as much that, my God, you meet their needs, Lord, that you start to develop and build a heart in the saints that do have to play a role in uh, equaling of the advantage. Father, we pray, my Lord, for a change of heart and mind wherever complacency is that we become more vibrant and more committed to your glory. Lord, we search the spirit. We search in the spirit, seeking you out, my God, searching for you, that you might touch us, that you might leave a blessing, that you might advance us to another level of glory. We pray, my God, for those who are suffering, my Lord, that you comfort them, Lord, in their time of need. Help us to see, my God, your heart in everything that you do. Help us to understand the times in which we live. Help us to understand how to advance, how to move forward, and how to bring glory to your name. And Father, help us to show, help us to love one another as you loved us, my Lord, when you gave your only begotten Son, that whoever shall believe it in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. We pray, Father God, for the unction and the ignition of our souls to move forward in the glory. We pray these things in Jesus' mighty name. And the body of Christ says, can we get an amen in the house of God so we can join us, my Lord? Amen. 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 Um, yesterday and today, messages are kind of connected. So um, I did send out a copy of yesterday's message to everyone um, so that you can, if you haven't listened to it or if you want to listen to it again, um, you can do so. And today's message is connected with it. So yesterday we talked about God taking you in the wilderness to give you a new mantle. The nation of Israel, when they went in the, mid, the, the, the wilderness, were a tribe of slaves of the same nation. I won't even say nationality. They were a tribe of slaves of the same family. Twelve tribes, slaves in Egypt, all descendants of Jacob. And so they were of the same family, but those brothers were divided when they were alive, and the tribes were a little slightly divided even in, Israel, in, in Egypt. Suffering can build unity, but only so much. When they went into the wilderness, they were a tribe of slaves of the same family. But when they came out of the wilderness, they were the nation of Israel. You see, they went in with one mantle, one covering, and they came out with another covering, so to speak. See, part of the point of the wilderness is for it to be a launching pad for some place that you're going 
in the glory. For those of you who are young, do not say you were too young. For those of you who are middle-aged, do not say my youth is past. And for those of you who are old, do not say it is too late. Because in this wilderness, God is making a nation out of you. He's giving you a new mantle. You went into wilderness in a form of speaking because we were always being transformed from glory to glory. So the previous glory has its glory and it also has its lack of glory, right? Because you can't transform to a higher glory if you're already at the highest glory. So at the previous glory, there's always a re reason to say some part of this is a mantle of value, but some part of it is not. And so this is why you're being transformed into another glory. And transform doesn't just mean change. Transform actually has more of a metamorphosis type ring to it. So it's like you're being transformed from glory to glory. It means almost your whole substance of being is changing from somebody you were to somebody that you're becoming. And the new person you're becoming is greater. And so the nation of Israel went into the wilderness, a tribe, tribe a collection of tribes of slaves of the same family. But the launching pad was for them to come out and become the nation of Israel. A lot of stuff happened in the wilderness, right? A lot of things. When Jesus went into the wilderness, this was symbolic because he didn't need to be transformed from glory to glory, for he was already at the highest glory. But to show us or to set an example or to be a human example for us, he did go into the wilderness and he came out and launched his ministry. So in a form of speaking, the wilderness, again, was a launching pad. The wilderness is a launching pad. And so yesterday you were told you're being, you're taking off old mantles and you're putting on new mantles. And in order to do that, we've got to break the spirit of complacency. We've got to break the spirit of complacency that breeds familiarity, which only promotes more complacency. Habits and patterns that leave you stuck and complacent at a certain glory. And so to get out of that position, and we, if you were listening to a lot of the worship music, all of that, all that worship music was all leading you up to this, this moment. In order to come out of complacency, in order to put on this new mantle that God has prophesied over your life, in order for you to elevate in this mantle, in order for you to transform from the previous glory to the next glory, in order for you to move forward in this launching pad, you're going to need to move the heart of God. See, nothing really happens of any absolute value unless the Holy Spirit is behind it. The nation of Israel went into the desert with the full support of Yahweh. And Yahweh, even when he was taking them out of the desert, said, you guys are not even really ready for this. But nonetheless, the time has come. You're going to enter into this promised land. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. When you obey me and follow my instruction, I am going to bless you. And when you disobey me and don't follow my instruction, I am going to punish you. 
And when you consider the punishment and repent and follow my instruction, I will bless you. And when you become complacent with the blessing and then drift away from my instruction, I will punish you again. And so this has been kind of the story of our lives, right? As we grow closer to God, we see the spiritual blessings. And then when we sort of drift away from God, we sort of see some of the punishment of the circumstances of the choices that we've made. And we've vacillated and we've vacillated throughout the course of our life. But sometimes that vacillating can bring a certain complacency. And so God gave the nation of Israel judges, right? And the judges would bring them back. And as soon as the judge died, so many years went by, the people would drift again. Up until Jesus. And then a new mantle was placed on called the church. And that new mantle launched Pentecost 33 CE and has had an impact on the world ever since. You're being given a new mantle. You've been given a new mantle if you've received it prophetically in faith yesterday. And now, what are we going to do? How are we going to move in this new mantle? The only way to do it is to move the heart of God. See, that's the key. So that the Holy Spirit then moves in you, and there's a supernatural unction that takes place in your mortal souls. So let's talk about moving the heart of God. Again, I'm not here to be the Holy Spirit in your life. I'm here to put you in a position. And from that position, you're then to seek the face of God. There's a little way too much in ministry in, in the West. I say the West, but I really don't know what ministry is going on outside of the West because the Western church kind of pretty much took over the world. So the remnant now has to rise up to debunk a lot of what Western church has fallen into. It's way too much in the Western church, this thing where somebody tells you something or someone speaks over your life and then that person who told you something or speaked over your life, now what they say is what you're hanging your hat on, but you should be hanging your hat on your day-to-day -day interactions with the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to help you get into a position of relationship from that position of relationship, it now becomes incumbent upon you to take it to the next step. If you have a Bible, you can open it up to the book of Numbers, chapter 25. And it says, while Israel was sitting in Shittim, the men began to, began to indulge in sexual immorality with Moabite women, who invited them to their sacrifices to their gods. The people ate and bowed down before these gods. So Israel joined in worshiping the Baal of Peor, and the Lord's anger burned against them. The Lord said to Moses, take all the leaders of these people, kill them, and expose them in broad daylight before the Lord, so that the Lord's fierce anger may turn away from Israel. So Moses said to the Israel, Israel's judges, each of you must put to death those men who have joined in worshiping the Baal of Peor. Then an Israelite man brought, his, brought to his family a Midianite woman right before the eyes of Moses and the whole assembly of Israel while they were weeping at the entrance of the tent of meeting. Now when Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest, saw this, he left the assembly, took a spear in his hand, 
followed the Israelite into the tent. He drove the spear through both of them, through the Israelite into the woman's body. And then the plague against the Israelites stopped. But those who died in the plague were numbered 24,000. The Lord said to Moses, Phineas, son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest, has turned my anger away from the Israelites, for he was as zealous as I am for my honor among them, so that in my zeal I did not put an end to them. Therefore, tell him, I am making a covenant of peace with him, and he and his descendants will have a covenant of lasting priesthood, because he was zealous for the honor of his God and made atonement for the Israelites. Now, in those days, God did things by strength and might, but he said that in our time, he would do things not by strength, not by might, but by his spirit. And in a form of speaking, we are Phinehas, son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest, because it is for the sake of us that God has not yet destroyed the world. Do you know that it is prophesied that when he comes to destroy the world, Basically, all those who are part of God will be completely surrounded by the enemy and will be well on our way to almost being completely obliterated. And while they're thinking they have victory, it says God sends fire from the sky. The Son of God comes and brings victory. Why does he wait until then? Because until the time when they finally circle the wagons around the children of God to shut down the movement of Christ, God uses us to give the world flavor. We're the salt of the earth. We're the reason why he has not yet brought destruction. Because it's our job to seek and save the lost and to help to save, to stay saved, to keep ourselves saved as well. And while we're working that job, that eases and appeases the anger of the Lord. When they make it impossible for us to do this job anymore, then God goes, there's nothing to hold back my anger. And he sends the son of God to bring destruction upon this wicked world. But up until that time, you are the reason. You stand between the plague that is destined for this earth and the God who prayer, who's preparing to bring it. And so with this new mantle, this new place you have in Christ, what shall you do? What sort of person ought you to be as God has made you an ambassador to his glory and his majesty and his grace? Are you going to wallow in mediocrity and complacency? Or are you going to be like Phinehas, son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest, are you going to be willing to leave the assembly and drive a spear through the movement of wickedness, through the proclamation of the glory of Jesus? Now it's time for you to spend your time with the Lord and make those decisions to receive that mantle, to receive the mantle of preaching the message of hope and salvation to a dying world. Father, Lord, we give glory to your name. We lift you up. We seek your face. We break all spirits of complacency and mediocrity, Lord. And we take on the challenge 
to seek and save the lost, to help to save, to stay saved, and to keep ourselves saved as well. We take on that challenge despite the day-to-day activities, the domestic responsibilities, the different commitments and obligations we have to this world. Despite all those things which try to drag us into commonplace, we ask God that you fill us up by the power of your Holy Spirit and give us the heart to take on this new mantle, the ambassador mantle, the ambassadors of Christ, to stand firm in the glory, setting the example and preaching the good news of the kingdom. We thank you, Lord, and we ask that you be with us in this effort. In Jesus' mighty name, and the body of Christ says, can we get an amen in the house of the Lord? Amen. 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 Praise God. Have a great morning, saints. You all too. You like why? Yes.